guys. Uh, episode 17 uh, to your way in. Got a, our resident city pundit, analysis, whatever you want to call him. Uh, Danny B, give us a shout, mate. Hello there. All right. Don't know why I'm waving. No one. No one <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, we did so like air uh... quotes a couple of weeks ago. And we're like, yeah, that doesn't. If you do air quotes, mate, no one's going to know that you're air quoting. You have to say that. So. You need to do some audio narration where it's a bit like, you know, Daniel smiles and waves his hand. <laughs> as you can hear, that's Jimbo down in London, as always. How's oi, oi. Things, mate? You good? Much better today. Thank you for asking. <laughs> yeah, for anyone who's listening, James was very unwell yesterday. I was very um, unwell. I was very unwell. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Unwell. Yeah. Unwell. Well, mate, if you say unwell, that that insinuates coronavirus nowadays so if you want to keep well yeah I was, over, I was stick with hunger <clears throat> it's easier it's hanging out my ass. right go <laughs> <laughs> Right, let's crack on because we got a bit of a full plate, but also some dross which we're just going to pan over because there was some games which I was really looking forward to, <clears throat> the derby, and we it was dross, absolute pure and utter dross. So, Man United are out of the Champions League, which is a great start, and thought I'd start off on that one. United lost three two to Leipzig on Tuesday, and. <laughs> I feel like it's just going to be like having a go at Ollie, but tactically, it was probably one of the worst things. It was a train wreck, wasn't it? Hey, I put down in the notes here. So we started three at the back against Leipzig, four, two, three, one against uh, West Ham. And then against City, we played a diamond in midfield. Like, it's just not giving the players enough time to adjust to a new system every single week. Like, me and James are saying when the match was on, it seemed like he was just throwing players on. Like, just yeah. someone's on the bench, get him on fresh legs. It was no it was no tactical thought behind it, I didn't think. You know? got a Scooby-Doo, mate. Yeah, I've used this word about five times already in this uh, in this app, but absolute utter dross. Like no tactical awareness from Ollie, just poor, really. And and it kind of just if we I said at the at the end of my notes, if we'd have got fruit, it'd have just been papering over cracks. It was three two eventually. If we'd have got that last goal to make it three three, and we got through with the draw, it wouldn't have been fair. We no. we didn't deserve that win, not at all. No, I mean they were they were a far better team like everywhere across the pitch. I thought. And then the fact that, <clears throat> I don't know, Ollie's just seemed to be, like you say, chucking some shit at the wall and seeing what sticks. Probably the played up is, to that as well. The thing is, that seems to have worked quite well um, for him for the past few games. It just it came a little bit too late in the Leipzig game, didn't it? Where yeah. United seemed to get the second wind and somehow end up making a comeback. It just, if they'd kicked into gear 10 minutes before, they'd have probably you know, got the equaliser and maybe gone through. It's not good management to just rely on the quality of your players, though, I don't think. like Definitely not. He's, he's tactically out of his depth, isn't he? Clearly. Yeah. Well, and also, I hate to say anything positive about City players at all, but um, your man Angelino scored and assisted both of the both of the Leipzig goals who was on loan. So it's almost like a massive fuck you from, <laughs> directly from C, wasn't it? Like, hey, oh, by the hey. way... Agent Angelino. Agent Angelino, yes. Agent Angelino. <laughs> I thought yeah. you'd sold him. Didn't we talk about this? I thought you'd sold we him. All, we all actually talked about this a few weeks ago, didn't we? I really yeah. thought we'd sold him. I mean, I think there is a buyout, a buy clause, isn't there, where if, if Leipzig want to keep him, they can pay. I think it's only like six mil or something. Um, so maybe that's where the confusion came from. But yeah, he's, he looks awesome for them. I don't mm. know why 
we haven't still got him. For whatever reason, it didn't fit into Pep's plan. So, what is he? A left left wing back? Left back? Yeah, left back. I, yeah. I mean, you'd think he was a forward sometimes. The way he plays and gets in behind the defense, like yeah, 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 he's, he's really good. The game, the games that I, I saw him again. Oh, I can't remember who it was against. It's Pep played him in Project Restart. It was basically when football was back on and everyone was just literally watching every game possible. Mm. And like I saw him in one game, I can't remember who it was against. And I think he really struggled with like the, the pace and probably the strength of a Premier League a little bit. I think maybe being in Germany has helped him in terms of like uh, not as competitive every week. But anyway, we'll we'll crack on. We'll get to the Prem rundown in a second. But all the other all the other games for the English clubs in the Champions League this week with their brothers. But today yeah. the the Champions League draw came out, which which has got um. Chelsea versus Athletic, which is going to be a pretty naughty game, I think. Liverpool yeah. versus RB Leipzig, which if they play half as well as they did against us, I think they'll be fine. They'll put up a fight. I think Liverpool are going to win that quite easily, but you know. Depends how many injuries Liverpool have when they come back and they, that fixture rolls around. If, they're, if they've got a lot of good majority of the team back, then who knows? I think Liverpool, had, over two legs, I'd definitely bat Liverpool to come through that tie. I hope Leipzig give them a good couple of games you never know Agent Angelino might uh, do it again <laughs> might, turn up for, might turn up for everyone yeah, yeah <laughs> knock out all the all the uh, English teams yeah what, what happens if we get them though in the quarters well yeah. presuming you get past uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach mate well yeah I mean I'm, I'm feeling fairly confident about that but they looked really good in their group didn't they they came yeah. out of a, came out of the group of death really didn't they with was it mm. Was it Real, Inter and Shakhtar? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was a hell of a group. Shakhtar going down to the uh, Europa League. I actually think Chelsea Athletic is probably the most interesting Tyler in terms of like a purely attacking team that does really well against teams that come out and tap them back against Atleti who are just a defensive fucking powerhouse aren't they oh yeah didn't they did, didn't they have a let's go last season I might be making it up to be honest because one Chelsea had a let's go in the knockouts last season as well or maybe the season before yeah it does remind me I think Atleti did well they had Liverpool didn't they in the last one because yeah. there was loads of talk about it being like very close to lockdown with COVID. I yeah. do remember, I think there was a Chelsea athlete in the last couple of seasons in Champions League, definitely, yeah. It rings a bell, but yeah, I've not done my research there, so it's just a, <laughs> just taking a punt, to be honest. No, I was just going to say, should we have a look at the what is considered a lower tier competition, but has actually got the leaders of all the top five leagues in Europe are in the Europa League. That's mental. Yeah. Really? I did not know that. That's actually, yeah. that's correct. I mean, how often has that happened? Probably never, right? Uh, don't know if we can lock it up, to be honest. Spurs. Real Sociedad is top in Spain. Yeah. Uh, Marseille. Inca are top in France. And, nah, but Germany, Bayern are top. I'd have thought it was either them or Leipzig. It was them and Leipzig fighting for top spot at the minute. Yeah. Um, so maybe excluding them. But Maybe I fucked it then on that one. <laughs> who's, who's top of... Italy, Italy is Inter, is it? Or is it, no, AC. AC Milan, they're flying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. still out, man. Slatan isn't it, yeah, yeah. Like James said, it's looking looking some tasty ties in there, but um, United, Real Sociedad, Spurs... Wolfsburg. Oh, Wolfsburg, I mean. Wolfsburg. Wolfsburg's a different team, isn't it? Is it? Yeah. Is it? I think so. Sorry, excuse me. Get that right, please. Uh, Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, Arsenal versus Benfica, Leicester versus Slavia Prague, and Rangers versus Royal Antwerp. I mm, think you should be a bit worried about playing Real Sociedad at the moment. And uh, interestingly, Arsenal got Benfica, so they'll be coming up against Jan Vertonghen again. He'll be oh, returning yeah, to North London. Yeah, of course. I'd forgotten that he'd gone there, yeah. Uh, I do think Rangers are on an absolute tear up at the moment because they don't even need to play half their players in in the Scottish Premier League because that's just an absolute awful league isn't it so mm. they're probably just putting everything into Europa at the moment so we've got the Prem rundown which started with pretty good game I thought um, West Ham versus Leeds on uh, on Friday night I saw most of this and mm. I do think that so basically Bamford they got a penalty and I do think Fabianski probably should have got sent off for it he was I thought Bamford was in on goal and he took him out but Again, it was another one of them weird ones where they call it back because the keeper was like six inches off the line. And yeah, I saw this. Did you see what Petr Cech was saying about it? Yeah, I do kind of agree with what Petr Cech was saying. Like, But also, then there was a load of people who were like commenting underneath, which I kind of agreed in terms of like, it is a penalty at the end of the day. You're being penalised for making a foul in the box, a clear goal-scoring opportunity. I understand that. But it's getting a bit silly, isn't it? How little I think there should be like a like a, a, a margin of error in it, in that like because that's if you're if someone's shooting a penalty at you, your natural reaction is to going to be to like move forward towards it. Yeah, to stay and rooted on the line is such an unnatural kind of reaction. And to be fair, any keeper which has been getting trained or in training or whatever for the past 10, 15 years. That's what they're taught. The last 10 years, every keeper coming up from a kid has been taught when the penalty's coming at you, you dive forward and try and reduce the angle mm. so you can make a save either way. It's a little silly. And also, I saw um, Sam Johnson for uh, West Brom when Bruno, when he saved the penalty from Bruno a couple of weeks ago, and he actually put on Twitter after it about basically like, if we're going to make keepers stay on their line, like rooted to the spot, penalty takers shouldn't be able to do like a jump or anything. Yeah, like yeah, they yeah. stop the, the judder step, haven't they now? So I do genuinely feel like they shouldn't be able to do anything. It should just be player runs up, kicks the ball, and the penalty, and the keeper stays on the line. And that's fair on either side. Then. It seems massive biased towards the uh, the penalty taker because <laughs> literally the goalkeeper puts a single toe wrong and then he has to be retaken whereas you see you know players making all sorts of stupid run-ups playing dummies and feigning shots you know and, and they just get away with it if mm. it goes in that's it it's cold so yeah you should do uh, one, one foot penalties you ever done them when you play footy you have to keep one foot rooted to the ground all, all times yeah. so you just have to like yeah. swing your whole body at it well uh, to get any power on that <laughs> I think Alex is going to be very happy on the commentary they were saying basically how um, West Ham are basically in the top I think it's the top three in corners and free kick like goals from set piece paces mm. basically like uh, Moisey is obviously drilling them in training on that kind of stuff it's got some you big know? big lumps up there aren't they basically they do mate they do like got Bonner again with another decent goal he's been yeah, in, in the was, mix at the moment hasn't he yeah that was an absolute bullet header as well mm. that was like really really nice I must admit but yeah, hey, sixth and, you know, who knows what's going to happen with Moisey, right? But um, West Ham have got Crystal Palace at 8pm on Wednesday and then Leeds have Newcastle on Wednesday at 6pm. So we've got quite a few uh, midweek games coming up. Next on the docket is uh, Wolves versus Villa. Which was Midlands I'd Derby, honest, mate. This I, was a- I didn't see any of it, so I can't. I can't. I've just seen the highlights. So if people want to talk about it, go ahead. 
It was a really good game. I, I really enjoyed it, to be honest. Much more of a derby um, mm. than, uh, you know, the stuff that was on later on. But yeah, it was seven yellow cards, two reds, uh, 29 shots combined. Do my research on this one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was honestly, it was class. Um, just full of action. You know, you don't, it shows you don't always need tons of goals to have a good game. And yeah, yeah. It, was, it was really close. Wolves could have easily won it at points and Villa just, you know, they got stuck in and scrapped away to another away win. They're doing really good at the minute, aren't they? Yeah, definitely punching above their weight. Yeah. They're 10th at the moment, yeah. which is crazy. Yeah, man. Yeah, you know, I, I saw a pretty funny meme about this game. It basically was, it just said, um, the score line and then all of the red cards and yellow cards and above it it just said year 10s versus year 11 lunchtime <laughs> kick around I was like yeah I can imagine I've, I've seen this yeah the year, yeah. 10, v, the year 10 v year 11 classica yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah no it was and you know we'll, we'll comment on the friendly nature of the Manchester derby in a minute but yeah like you said this definitely wasn't that friendly was it <laughs> proper derby proper derby man it really was it's what you'd, you'd want to see for any derby really yeah brilliant game proper putting the heart into it right and one other little thing I do want to mention very slight move by Jack Grealish as soon as he so it's a penalty wasn't it that they scored it was about in like the 87th minute or something the, the penalty taker was just celebrating on the penalty spot and as Jack Grealish comes in he like grabs him and they all started like running towards the, the corner flag I was like just to, just to waste a bit more time just you to reckon? salt it away a little bit more mate definitely <laughs> definitely do, do, do what you gotta do at that point no you know what I have a go at, at people like Ramos for the dark arts, but that that I I got time for that. That was sly move, but also fair play. You got you do what you got to do in a derby like that, don't you? Proper grease, didn't he? <laughs> anyway, the Wolves have a pretty daunting task against Chelsea at six pm on Tuesday, and then Villa have got Burnley. 6pm on Thursday so and you know what that'll probably be a game which they end up end up losing won't it like they've, they've beaten these big teams and done really well away from home and then they're at home and they'll probably end up losing to Burnley but... hey, Burnley are powerhouse now after this weekend <laughs> absolutely smashing up top six teams now you watch Sean Dyche has just been biding his time mate and then he's just going to unleash their, them Brexit warriors mate <laughs> Uh, who else we have coming up Uh, Newcastle versus West Brom I put in the notes that it was a classic Brucey ball game they scored within the first minute and from what I saw on the highlights it looked like they were just sit back sit back take the pressure and and hit them on the counter and I mean I'm not going to criticise just Brucey for doing that because you know that's the Ole Gunnar Solskjaer ball at the moment as well so Almiron with one goal and then what's his Gale. name with Gale oh Gale Gale yeah for um who was a bit of a weird one considering he played for West Brom for so long he didn't even celebrate or anything did he but mm. um there was I a mean, that, the, the, the Murphy the Murphy pass into the box was even sweeter than the goal mate I was watching some analysis on match of the day and they were talking about how whoever else was playing at right back he got subbed and Murphy got brought on but whoever was in that position before just wasn't crossing the ball even though they were getting into great positions and had plenty of space Murphy comes on one of his first touches is that into the box beautiful mate like you've said mate I, I, we always talk about Trent Alexander-Arnold Robertson them top top fullbacks pinging balls and mate that was equally as good as oh, mate, any, delicious. any of the balls which I've seen from them to this season definitely but let's skip on from that mate uh, they uh, Newcastle have Leeds at 6pm on Wednesday and then West Brom have your boys, Danny. Man City at 8pm on Tuesday, tomorrow. So, 
I, I, I put in the comments, I think that's going to be an absolute hammering for West Brom. Mate, I wish you'd stop making predictions, man. This season is not about predictions. You can't predict anything this season. Honestly. You only have to look at the table um, to know that. It's crazy at the minute. I do genuinely think City are going to come out and like absolutely run, run riot on them. It's at City. I, mean, I, ho- I hope so. Uh, after watching <laughs> that dross at the weekend, I'd love to see us bang five or six in. Talking about talking about that dross at the weekend. Let's let's get on to that, mate. And all that I'd seen all week was the derby. I'm, I'm doing air air quotes here, guys. The derby. It's not the London, the North London derby. It's, it's not the Midlands derby. It's the derby. And it was fucking dire, wasn't it? It was, it was not entertainment. It was not fun to watch. I'll be honest, very, I, I lost concentration for a lot of it. It was just very mild-mannered, wasn't it? It was just slow and I really don't have much more to say about it. No. Well, we were getting, we, our idea was to get you on and then we'd have this big like derby like analysis of that. <laughs> it was nothing. I mean, I was steaming, mate. I was off my head. But yeah. I don't remember any of it I mean, at it, all. We had um, a few decent chances. I think the problem was that we were going into it. I think we were always expected to set the tempo um, and United would very much play off that and sit back as it, as it has been for the past few times we've played them. But mm. I think Pep going into it, he's obviously he's played it safe. He's obviously sick of getting caught on the counter. Um and it's just he just thought you know another loss against this United team just isn't acceptable. So if we have to change the way we play to at least just get a draw, um, you know even if it's a goalless draw, so that's an improvement, um, and that's what he got. So yeah, I think I think mate, more action was in the Roy Keane and and then Gary Gary Neville analysis of uh, after the game. I thought that. Like you said at the start, DB, it was it was mild mannered, wasn't it? It was it was almost friendly. Like after the game, you had people like Carrick and Pep like hugging, and like Maguire and Stones like hugging. Hey, yeah, I thought that was that, really after, weird. It's after like that Midlands just... derby of nine nine yellows and and two red cards, I can't imagine any of them lads were hugging after that game, were they? <laughs> No, not at all. I mean, it was like they were just relieved to get it over with. I mean, yeah. I understand. I understand that there's a sense of anxiety with derbies. You don't want to lose, do you? But that shouldn't outweigh, outweigh your um, desire to win. Like mm. the whole point is that you go into these kind of games and you want to win for the fans. And I, to be honest, the, the absence of fans, I think, were a huge factor in this game yeah, as well. I think. Sometimes it doesn't seem to be much of a factor. We've seen some great games without fans, but in this case, the fans were needed to spur the players on because it just grounds Mate, to I a could, halt. I could not agree with you more. If this game had had two, even 2,000 fans in, I genuinely think that it would have had more of a tempo, more of an atmosphere, obviously more of an atmosphere, but... I do think that was, yeah, definitely something that was missing. But at the same time, like the Aston Villa versus Wolves game didn't have any, didn't have any uh, fans, did it? And it didn't, didn't really need it. It's still, I think, really every one of these United versus City games just gets overhyped so much, mm. doesn't it? And you always have the odd one or two that just peter out and just don't end up being anything, right? And like James said, we had a whole like 20, 25 minute section of just like being able to chat about what happened and what was what was all the goals, down. all the analysis, all the drama. <laughs> know, yeah, fuck all of anything, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, I think my, my, I think mild manner sums up quite well as yeah. a phrase. To be honest, there was no there was no venom there at all, and it there usually is, isn't there? From this fixture, yeah. on an, in a normal season, it's usually quite. 
Although, did we have a nil-nil last season? Not last season, but season before. I yeah, I was going to say it? season before it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but even that, I kind of remember that at least being an all right game with lots of yeah. chances, you know, and it, it just happened to be that on the day both teams were unlucky and didn't score. But in this case, it's like no one wanted to score. It was just, mm. yeah, really drab. We had a couple of chances, but you normally would create way more than that. I think you, I think you hit the nail on the head, DB. The fact, I just think that they, they just both wanted it over. They just, mm. they were, they were happy. They were both happy to take a nil nil, which, I think it's kind of sad when it's in a derby like it is, but you know, weird season, we'll, mate. Exactly, mate. Exactly, weird season. We'll move on. Um, who do United have Sheffield Wednesday on Thursday at eight pm, and City have, like we said, West Brom on Tuesday at eight pm. Uh, next game coming up was Everton versus Chelsea, which looks like it really could be a goal fest and end up being one nil. But I only saw the highlights. If anyone else wants to wants to jump in but it looked quite a good game from what I'd seen yeah 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 I think it was uh, I think Pickford kept Everton in it massively he was really really good this game and I'm sure a game over the last few weeks I've said he's, he was really really good as well loads of opportunities to score Mason Mount had a quite a cheeky little chip people were literally um, slating Chelsea for their performance but they didn't even play badly Everton just defended like absolute champions yeah uh, they were absolutely brilliant from start to finish I think it was just one of them games where like you just spend 180 minutes shooting at them and you just won't go in if it's just not your day like I think I think Alan Shearer literally said a match of the day like they could have stayed on another two or three hours and they wouldn't have scored yeah, um, it just wasn't happening for him. Yeah. Oh. Well, yeah. I mean, Ch- Chelsea at the post twice, didn't he? Mount and James did, and I think, yeah, it's just that you know, we could have they could have carried on forever and a day, and it wouldn't have been uh, it wouldn't have been any more than one nil, would it? No. So, Dominic Calvert Lewin looked good though. I thought, like, looked it, fucking yeah. lively. Well, I think he won them the penalty. Yeah, we did actually. Yeah, I saw yeah. that in the highlights. And he definitely had another couple of chances. He was just in amongst them, like giving them trouble, basically. Mate, this is that's definitely his, his best season at the moment. He's really, really oh, yeah. like by far. He's really cracking on, isn't he? He's he's looking good at the moment, I must admit. Yeah. Like, there's uh there's been rumours this weekend of Deli Alley to Everton. I know well I saw Deli Alley to PSG, but yeah. Deli Alley Everton would be happy an absolute coup for um for Ancelotti, wouldn't it? Definitely. I think Well, you can only use the word coup if he's cheap, mate, and he's coming from Tottenham, so he won't be cheap. <laughs> Definitely. Although I, I saw that they were saying that there was going to be a six-month loan to start with and then a buy buyout. Yeah, a buy maybe. In. I mean, I think he'd not start Tottenham too much, but like I, he's a weird one because he doesn't really have a defined position. He's not, not really a centre-attacking mid. He's not really a striker. He's not really a winger. He kind of plays in this weird role where he kind of plays off the shoulder of a, of a striker. He's just a bit lazy, isn't he, really? That's what it is. Well, if the documentary taught us anything, mate, yeah. Well, yeah, he just doesn't want to play in centre-mid because that means running too much. doesn't want to play on the wing because that means running too much. And then he's not technically good enough to play as a as a central attacking midfielder or a striker, is he? So. But my point being that I don't know if he'd fit in Evan. I don't know if he'd fit in anywhere. That's the thing. be interesting to see him under oh, Angelotti. No. He'd definitely fit in at PSG, mate. They're just a full team full of individuals, aren't they? So he'd definitely yeah, that's fit true. in there, 100%. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Chelsea have Wolves on Tuesday at 6pm and Everton have Leicester on Wednesday at 6pm. Cracking on, guys. Uh, Southampton versus Sheffield United. 3-0 to Southampton. And Southampton do bits. Mate. I was calling it during Project Restart, Hassel who or the the, uh, the Alpine Clock, but mate, he has <laughs> got that. He has got that Southampton team. 
playing really, really well. Yeah, yeah, really nice. They look so good. They really do. And, And not even with, like, and this is no disrespect to any of the players, like, proper world-class players like they just look a really good team with proper like solid players I mean don't get me wrong James Ward-Prowse I said this a couple of weeks ago I don't think he's going to be at Southampton much longer if he keeps putting performances that the way he is like mm. but bigger teams are going to be looking at him but people like Shea Adams who has come from Birmingham last like what a season and a half ago has really really cracked on under under Hasselhutl I think mm. I don't want to say that they're they're title contenders or anything like that, but I do think, you know, who knows? You're right. You, you, you're laughing at both. Maybe they are. It's this season, be, isn't it? To be fair to them, mate, they're two, po- two points from the top. Yeah, third in the table currently, aren't they? Uh, fourth. Uh, fourth. Fourth, yeah. Look after, after yeah. the Leicester's win, yeah. But you're right. Like, yeah, I, I don't know, man. It, it could be. They could well be title contenders. I don't know. It's What do you think, boys? <sighs> I'd, I'd love to say that they are because I love an underdog story. They're playing well at the moment, but the season's a long season, isn't it? It's a very there's a lot of games to play. A lot they haven't of got the squad depth, exactly. They the, yeah, they haven't got the squad depth to really outlast um, the teams with my squad depth. You know, but then you could have made the argument about when Leicester won the league. They had no squad depth. They just got no injuries, so <laughs> they're not playing in Europa. They're not playing in exactly Champions League. Exactly what I was going to say. When you don't need squad depth as much when you're not in a European competition and you're not in league or FA Cup because you're not ending up. <laughs> You know, wearing out players during midweek, but I think I think EB's onto it, and they really. I don't think it consistency-wise and squad depth-wise, I think they'll struggle. <laughs> yeah, I keep my beady eye on them, though. I reckon. Oh yeah, I think I think they're a shoe in to be at least top eight without yeah. a shadow of a doubt. Top eight Pro- could even be pushing for Europe. I really do think they could be at mm. the moment. I put it this way. I think we play them in, a, in the next few weeks and I'm not looking forward to it because I, th- I think they could really do an umbrunners the way they play. I'm kind of glad we got a decent result in them before they switched it on, to be honest. Yeah. Our 4-0 dismantling of them or whatever it was. I do, I do think like they have a specific way of playing and they do rely on like War Prowse and stuff who... On a dead ball, oh my days! Like there is, there's few, there's very few players at the moment who I can think of who can either take a corner or hit a free kick as good as he can. Mm. But onto the other end, I do want to attract a statement I made about three weeks ago. Yeah, go on. I think Chris Wilder might he might be going right on the hot seat. Right, so I was reading a little bit more in depth about this uh, on footballing apps. Let's put it. I'm not going to name, um, and. Chris Wilder is a weird one because he's been with them for so long that yeah. it would be a real shame to get rid of him with how they performed this season. But one point, and what are we now? The the 14th of December, and they're on one point. They've got one draw all season. Like They're going to have to have an unbelievable run to even get anywhere close to, to not being relegated, aren't they? It's, it's Wilder. It's Wilder Arteta, mate. It's one of the two. It's got to be, surely. Still can't see Arteta getting sacked. W- w- considering he won an FA Cup, that that would be crazy. Yeah, but mate, you seen Arsenal's next fixtures? We've got Southampton, here we go, Everton, Chelsea, Brighton. They're not winning any of those, I don't think. Well, not if yeah. they play like they are now. On to the next game. We'll, we'll speak Arsenal in a second. Southampton have Arsenal, as we said, at 6pm on Wednesday. Sheffield United have Manchester United on Thursday at 8pm. Probably their first win of the season against United, I bet. Palace versus Spurs, 1-1. One, one. 
Jimbo, you were listening to it on Radio Five Live. Go on, mate. Give us give us I your was, analysis. Uh, dropping in and out of consciousness, mate. So it was kind of kind of hard to remember anything. But by the sounds of it. We should have been 3 0 up by half time. Their keeper, what's his face? Um Guita, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Their keeper Guita, like he he just kept them in it massively. Two or three big, big saves, even in the first half. And then towards but the then end as did, well, really. But then he did fuck that with, with Harry Kane, didn't he? Like he yeah, let that yeah. thirty five or thirty yarder in from Harry Kane. So it was, it was swerving a lot though. Did you see it? Yeah, it was a tricky mm-hmm. shot that because it kind yeah. of footed in he went one way for it thinking that's where it'd end up and it swerved so can't blame him too much but True. Yeah, it, was, it was unreal wasn't it apart from yeah. that and I mean awful. also like the Eric Dyer free kick towards the end of the game I don't know if you saw that going top ends and he still saved that yeah mate yeah on the analysis after it they were actually saying that's that's um, like top five saves of the season already yeah. that's a staple for could be even save of the season that was yeah. unbelievable that was <laughs> But then, I don't know, by the sounds of it, we should have been, like I said, 3 0 up or whatever by half time. And then we, I think we just kind of went into our shells a little bit and parked the bus a little bit. Like, apparently, Jose said that he told them to kill the game off and they didn't do it. So we only got ourselves to blame, to be honest. It's totally Spurs, though, isn't it? In, in, a, in, a, in a match day when, uh, you know, Chelsea drop, Chelsea, Chelsea lose, yeah. Liverpool draw, could have lost. You know, all this and and we can't fucking clinch a win at Palace, mate. Told you, bogey team. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, mate, you did say bogey team uh, last week. And like DB said, City have had a couple or had one against them. We had one at the start of the season. Like Crystal Palace are a bogey team for a lot of teams. Like I said, the way that Roy defends and just mm. hits people on the counter, it's like it is really effective. Because I want to just give a little shout out. Shout out. James said about it at the start of the season, but Eze, oh my God, what a buy that is for them. Lot. Like guaranteed in the next two seasons, he is he is getting picked up by one of the top six to ten teams easily, Definitely. and they're, they're making a massive profit on him. Yeah, uh, Mate, I said them. 10, 12 weeks ago, we should have bought him. We could have had him. I don't know how much he, um, how much Palace bought him for. It was wasn't a lot. I think it's only like eight million or something like yeah. that. You know, there was rumours going around, and and he was the one who, who whipped that free kick in for the for the Palace for. Uh, Schlupp's goal like yeah. if we're being super super critical Laurie should have saved that like Laurie mm. should have just caught that but at the same time the ball from Eze was unbelievable it, it proper like before you knew it it's on top of you for um, for Laurie and it's you know it was unlucky First goal we conceded in five games, so I'm, I'm fairly happy with that. You can't, if, if yeah. you're going to concede any sort of goal, it's got to be that one. And like 11 undefeated now in the Prem <laughs> since the opening day. So, hey, Mourinho effect, mate. It's uh, definitely happening. Mourinho. Mourinho. <laughs> <laughs> um, as we've already mentioned a little bit before, Deli Ali thinking he might be going in January, but mm-hmm. we won't, we won't so. speculate too much, right? I mean, we kind of covered it. A big yeah. one I heard was PSG loan, which I yeah. think he'd do all right there, to be honest. Spurs have got Liverpool on Wednesday at Anfield. That is one to watch, isn't it? And also uh, Liverpool fans in, in the stadium as well. So that's going to be a nice atmosphere, mate. I'm actually so buzzing. For that. I, I, yeah, I how, much, how, how much you betting there's going to be another nil-nil? I see it's weird. All these big, because we've had so many big fixtures in a row, I've been so nervous for them. This one I'm just excited for. 
draw because it's like got nothing to get, lose against Liverpool. You're probably going to lose anyway. Anything other than a loss is is massive. And I'd also just fucking love to go to Anfield and, and ruin their 65. What is it? Streak 66. of yeah. Oh no, yeah, six, six, No, sorry, no, you are right. Six sixty-five undefeated. Uh, yeah, sixty-five undefeated. Yeah, but yeah, yeah the, last, I, the last team to beat them there was Palace. <laughs> oh wow. Okay. Nice. Yeah. But nice. yeah, I mean, if we can come away with a point or three point, if I'm not even going to say it, come away with a point, yeah. then you know, who knows what will happen after that. And uh, Palace have West Ham, as we mentioned already. On to the Liverpool versus Ever- uh, Liverpool versus Fulham game which was 1-1 and to be honest I watched the whole of this game and mm. Jesus Christ like Fulham could have been Fulham could have been honestly 2-0 up within the first 15 minutes it, yeah Ivan Cavallero I think that's how you say his name had two one-on-ones with Alisson Alisson made an unbelievable save on the second one and Cavallero sort of hit it at him for the first one but yeah I don't know man it, yeah. I think it's I think it surprised Liverpool a bit, like how they came yeah. out how they came out the blocks at them. And I think yeah. oh, maybe I'm analysing it too much, but maybe is the, is this one of the first times we've kind of seen a bit of arrogance from Liverpool, maybe to go to a Could team be. and not really I don't know. Maybe I mean, that's over and a lot of No, I mean Klopp was absolutely bollocking them on the sideline, to be fair. So I think you could be onto something in terms of like he's probably seeing them just trotting around thinking, off. Oh, yeah, yeah. Fulham, like you know we can beat these 2-0 easy in the second half and it'll be fine sort of mm. I mean how was the rest of the game obviously the first 15-30 minutes or so was, was pretty good for Fulham yeah I must admit after after the first 30 minutes Liverpool in that in that last 15 of the first half really did take over and it was it, half time came for a, a good point for Scott Parker and Fulham definitely but mm. second half again they came out and they did kick on and they played for that first probably yeah 20 minutes in that in that second half played well oh right actually that's what I want to talk about VAR in this game <laughs> a little bit dubious let's put it and I never would normally defend Liverpool in the slightest but for the first goal I can't remember who it was but someone from Fulham was properly pushing Salah in the back for um for the first goal, which basically uh what was it about thirty odd minutes in they had um, the ref go over to the uh, the monitor to check for a penalty for for Benio on I think it was Luckman. Oh yeah, yeah. At the start, did look like Fabinho had gone through Luckman's foot and and then not taken any of the ball. At a second look, I think it probably wasn't a penalty for Liverpool, but. If you're going to look at stuff like that, penalties, then surely like VAR should be used in the build-up to goals and stuff. It has been in the past for offsides and stuff. If you're going to look back, Salah gets a massive push in the back. I can't remember who it was from Fulham, but mm, again, it's VAR. We won't go into it too much. But you're taking Liverpool's was, side, mate. Exactly. I would never take Liverpool's <laughs> side. You know me. But... I've got to be, uh, you know, impartial on this podcast about VAR, and yeah. that that for me was a mistake. It it should have, if you look at it again, it should have pulled it back really for that goal. I mean, but, I saw the I saw the one on Luckman, and I thought it probably was a pen. I think it's it's very very subjective. If you look at different camera angles, one of them it does look like the green boot of Fabino gets on the ball first and then on another angle it looks like Luckman's yellow boot gets gets on it before before Fabinho. I don't know. It I think it was one of them, wasn't it? It was it was very skeptical on yeah. either side. But like I said, I think you, you need to look at that kind of stuff. But for the Fulham goal on 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 VAR, mm. definitely. 
And also, yeah, I think you're right because Salah's goal, the penalty was very just lackadaisical, just smashed it straight down the middle and it was looking and it just went straight through the keeper. So, yeah, I think you probably, I think you could be onto something that I hadn't even thought about, but it could have been the first time in, in, a, in a good while that, that Klopp has at Liverpool team players and stuff. I just thought, yeah, this is a walkover. Going in on him like from the sidelines, wasn't he? Screaming, wake oh, up. Big time, big, big time. time. Maybe it's the beginning of the end, mate. Fingers crossed. <laughs> hopefully, mate. Hopefully. It's hoping. I mean, to be fair, with that about Klopp, um, there was a game they played the other week where I think they were losing. I think it was in a European game. Were they playing? Anyway, it was basically at one point, he actually, because there were no crowds, you could hear basically everything that he was shouting. Oh, that should... was the Ajax game. Yeah, that was it. And he literally yeah, yeah. Heard, you heard him at one point going, shouting at his team, like, come on, guys, should we play some actual football? <laughs> I'm sure it was definitely something along those lines. Quite wow. So he doesn't take any shit. I would not want to be on the wrong side of him, to be honest. Oh, definitely. No, no. Then big pearly whites gnashing at you. <laughs> so, as we said, Liverpool have got Spurs. A big title decider, maybe. And uh, Fulham have Brighton at 8pm on uh, on Wednesday. Now, on to the stuff that James really wants to talk about this weekend. More dross for Arsenal. Go on, Jimbo. Absolutely salivating at this one, mate. Oh, let me add it. Oh, mate, I watched, <laughs> a, I watched an hour of Arsenal fan TV after this. I just sat, I just rewatched bits of the live stream. I went through the interviews. I went through the post-match analysis. And then I turned my laptop off. And I had the best night's sleep I've had in a long time. I only, I only actually watched the last like 10, 15 minutes just because I saw the score and wanted to see if, if, if Burnley had actually see the game out. I mean, what is it now? Two goals since mid-October? Mid-October. Yeah. yeah. Apart from the one that, you know, Aubameyang's putting in the back of his own net in this game. Didn't put his mask on for that one, did it? <laughs> yeah, it was fucking awful, wasn't it? What do you what do you even say? Like I know, actually, I know, I know, I know. We, co- we we covered it quite a lot last week. So, but like, how do you how like how do you continue to talk about it and how well, bad it is? Jacker sent off own goal from Aubameyang, and to be honest, uh, El Nene should have been sent off as well. Like during a corner, a Burnley corner, he pushed someone directly in the face, and it looked like he got him in the throat as well. Like without yeah. a doubt, Arsenal should have been down to nine men, and then just a few factoids for you, Burnley. <laughs> First away win against Arsenal since September 1974, and a fourth consecutive league defeat. That's the worst run for Arsenal since 1959. I love it. So it's, yeah, it's full on meltdown, isn't it? I'm not going to say this actually because I said this about Chris Wilder and thought that he was going to stay. So who knows? Maybe Arteta is gone. I don't know. I was going to say, I think Arteta will be back putting out the cones for Pep before the season's up. It's looking that way now. Someone said to me today, Aubameyang is just the Gabonese Joe Linton. Oh, right. Like we said, we've got people, Arsenal fans who listen to this sometimes. It's not going on too much, but Jesus, it's it's not looking good for you lot, is it? No, we're going to have to really pull something magical out, I think, to even finish in the, like, a decent position this season. Yeah, even I mean, that's obviously something, past all the stuff we discussed last week, there's obviously something fundamentally going wrong somewhere because they're shipping goals 
and they're not scoring goals. We spoke about this quite a few times in the, maybe the past four or five weeks. Bamiang in scoring. Yeah. He, he was the one who was scoring all their goals last season. Every single week. If you were, if you played fantasy football uh, last season, you just stuck a Bamiang up front. He was getting you a goal or an assist every single week, I imagine. So yeah, yeah. when that kind of stuff dries up, you, what are you going to do? It's at the club like, in general, isn't it? It's not yeah. just, it's, it's not even we just talked the team. We talked about it last week, how it's, it's so like systematic, like just at every level. Yeah. Yeah, it's so poorly run. Um, the fact that they made, you know, I mean, I'm sure you've spoken about this before as well, but the fact that they've sacked off a load of staff just to fund a, a player contract or a transfer, it's just it's yeah. not how clubs should be run at all. No, it's awful, isn't it? 55 yeah. people, I think they fired. <sighs> so I know. It's just terrible. And Gunnosaurus, mate. Yeah. Did he come back in the end? Did Ozil? Yeah, Ozil, Ozil played a chunk of, chunk of his wages, apparently. How generous of Messi Ozil on his 350,000 uh, pound a week. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. They, they sacked 55 staff members and then they kept Messi Ozil on whatever it is, 200 or 250,000 pound a week. Like, guys, I'm not sure about I mean, that. Well, it's the thing Ozil refused to take a pay cut as well, didn't he? But then. But then he's gone and paid Gunasaurus. It's like pick a lane, mate. Do you want to be a you know? Do you want to be a dickhead or actually help the club? I mean, you could pay fourteen people twenty five thousand pound a year for one week of Erzul's wages. Wow, that's quick math, mate. That's quick maths. <laughs> that is madness, isn't it? Anyway, anyway, yeah. Let's crack on. Uh, like we said, Southampton versus Arsenal Wednesday at 6pm and like we said Arsenal have Southampton Everton City and Chelsea oh boys that is an absolute two, they need wins, a, two, or... two wins or, or a win and a draw else else genuinely Arteta is in some real real trouble he could be gone at that point mm. if he loses all four of them games I would not be surprised if he if he ends up getting sacked if they lose all four of them games there's a good chance they'll be in the relegation zone that's exactly that's what I was going to say what the 16th at the moment or 15th is it I can't remember uh... but you're right if they, if they lose all four of them games and teams around them like, let's be honest Fulham at the moment another couple of it, Brighton I don't think should be down there where they are Fulham look okay like if, so, if a couple of them teams get some draws in the next couple of games the big threats to us at the moment are Brighton, Burnley and Fulham <laughs> Brighton Brighton are three points behind them Burnley are four points behind them and Fulham are five points behind them so over the course of the next four games you know if Burnley and Brighton pull up a couple of results out who the fuck knows what's going to happen mate if Arsenal can't win them four games got to do something something surely has to change why Why is he not why is he not thinking about Ozil I know it would be a massive step backwards and he'd have to climb down off his pedestal or whatever but it's some creativity isn't it in the midfield Like, and that's what they really look like they're lacking most games that's what we said man there's some toxicity there there's something rotten that there's, there's a reason that Ozil doesn't get played like he's a fantastic footballer as everyone knows or was a fantastic footballer there's some there's something else going on there because mm. you don't pay someone three hundred fifty thousand pound a week and then not not get them to do their job. Yeah, the fact, <laughs> the fact that it's not even on the bench is just yeah. never anywhere near the squad. Mm. It just makes no sense <laughs> as an outsider, you know, looking at it. Be interesting to ask that an Arsenal fan actually. Like, do you see him in like the training ground pitches and does he even train with the squad? Probably not. No. Yeah, I was going to say I don't think he does. Like, I don't, I don't know. Obviously, anyway, I'm sick of talking about Arsenal. Yeah. Uh, next game. Game and final game of the weekend was Leicester versus Brighton and um, Leicester 3-0 James Madison 2 goals Jay, um, Hardy 1 
12th of the season for him. And the second one from James Madison was an absolute peach of a goal with his left foot. And my question is to you boys, are Leicester genuine title contenders again? I think they are. I think they have been since the start of the season, personally. Um, one point off the top, one point off Liverpool and Spurs? The thing is, at this point, you could say like that anyone in the top ten could be title contenders because of how much it's just it's changing. I think we'll have a much better idea at the end of this crazy December period where we get such congested fixture lists. Um, everyone's going to have played like five or six games between now and the end of the month, so I think it'll look very different, or it might not. And in that case, you know, we'll maybe then have a better idea of who's going to win it. But at the minute, no idea, no idea. I think I probably slept on Leicester a little bit. I think I didn't realise they were so close to the top within like a point. That's kind of crazy. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's a weird one, isn't it? You wouldn't have said they were title contenders that season. They won the title, but they did. But now also they're also playing in Europa. So yeah, I mean on paper they've definitely got um, a better team. I think mm. or a more talented team. Not necessarily a team that plays together better. But how's their team past that? That the first eleven, you know? They do have some all right talent to bring in like young players and stuff. What I did want to pick up on from something that you said, James, a couple of weeks ago and like what I'd seen a couple of times is this season with having like um, less of a break. I know they had the three month layoff for coronavirus, but less of a break in between last season and this season. I do think them teams that play more conservative like a Mourinho like a Brendan Rodgers who hit teams more on the counter-attack and less like a City or a Liverpool that have to have their players exert themselves more, chasing all the time and stuff like that. It does, at the moment, seems like them kind of teams are playing better and it's helping them having less of a pre-season and less of a break to come straight into football. And then maybe, like, like DB said, after the Christmas break and you get sort of that period where... You, you have to see where you're at. Maybe them kind of teams do drop off, or maybe Leicester do drop off in Southampton or something. But I think, yeah, I think you mentioned it a couple of weeks ago, Jim. And I thought about it when I was thinking about this episode. Like, it, there is definitely something in there that playing more conservatively and hitting teams on the counter attack definitely helps in this kind of season. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, definitely. And I, 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 we were, I was chatting to my mate about the Palace game at the weekend and how like. Uh, we like really, it looked like we switched off in the second half, but I was like, I'm sure there's an element of like instruction in that, in that any opportunity you find yourself winning the game, sit back, conserve your energy, defend. Like, I think there's an element of that. And I think you'll, I mean, look how many injuries Liverpool have had and they're not a team that sits back. They're a team that's constantly pressing high, high intensity, high energy football. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll we'll it'd be we'll be like uh, DB says. It'd be a clearer picture in January. Yeah, definitely, one hundred percent. After after all this, like you said, the crazy crazy period runs out. Just a few little extras which we like to catch up on throughout the the week. One thing which I which I saw on Instagram, which just absolutely blew my mind. Buffon, now playing currently at Juve, but played at PSG, is the first keeper ever to keep a clean sheet in a Champions League game in four different decades, the 90s, the 2000s, 2010s, and 2020s. Jesus. Like, 
that guy is just the picture of longevity, isn't he? Yeah. There is there is just no guy who could keep doing that. And he's still won that champion through, which is madness. He needs to win that surely before he retires. Good for him if he doesn't, because I, know, I mean, I, did, I didn't really realise that he'd never won it until um, mm. sort of the past couple of years. Mm. And that's just mental. He's such a legend of the game. He's been around for that long, uh, and he's never, never won it. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Well, he, I think, yeah, I, I do. In fact, I'm not going to say that because I think I might not be right. I'm not going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, talking about old players, though, I was just want to give a shout out to uh, Kazuyu Yoshi Miura, mate, from the K League, uh, from the J League, actually J One. Sorry, the J League. Um, yeah, yeah. Fifty three years old. I think the oldest professional footballer in the world. Played in like Still four going. different, four and up. Uh, was it four or five different decades? Started in nineteen eighty six. Uh, yeah. Santos. Uh, he's currently at on loan at Sydney FC from Yokohama FC. So big shout out. Yeah, I'd, I'd seen that on Instagram a couple of weeks ago. It was coming up and it was said, yeah, basically like, yeah, he was going to be playing since, yeah, eight years. That's fine. It's not, even, it's not even like he's a keeper. He's a forward. I know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, little thing before we get into something a little bit more serious was Dortmund got absolutely pumped at the weekend. Did you see that against Stuttgart? Mm. 5-1. And then they've just fired the manager, which... I thought it was a little harsh considering they're only um, five points behind Bayern, but they did get pumped 5-1 by Stuttgart. So, I mean, that's like... Another, didn't they have another result like that this season? It was, Hoffen- yeah. was it Hoffenheim or... I remember it was Hoffenheim. Or it was definitely... It was someone who you wouldn't expect it to be and it was, it was like four or five, one. That's got Pochettino written all over it. Oh, don't be saying that, mate. We'll, we'll keep him off mate, the free, no. keep him on the free market, I think. Mate, yeah. look at them on paper, yeah? They're a slightly underdog team that kind of has maybe underperformed over the last few years. They've got a lot of youths coming up, talented people, young players. No, no mate, it's that, got mate. Pochettino written all over it. You just want him off a free market, so you know, <laughs> that's all it is. Anywhere but the Premier League, my friend. Um, also, yeah, big shout out to Gerard Houllier, who died today, 73. RIP, man, he was a, he's a Liverpool legend. He wasn't that. That um, Istanbul team, which they won the Champions League, and I know it was Rafa who was in charge, but like a good 80% of them players, Gerard Houllier had managed like a year and a half, like a season and a half ago, and he was, mm. a lot of that team was was his. So, yeah, nah, shout out to him, legend, man. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like we said, we'll get a little bit more serious now. So um, yeah, racism in football has been pretty rife at the moment, hasn't it, boys? And um, and if you saw the, the the PSG game where we all spoke about, I think didn't we with um, the fourth official using a a choice word in another yeah. language? Which yeah. um, I, I do want to acknowledge before we get into this, though, that we are three white, probably oh. middle class men, and we aren't going to solve racism, you know, but. We should talk about it. Yeah, acknowledge it, right? Like, yeah, exactly, definitely. We need to make people aware as much as we can, right? I mean, as we touched on last week, the thing that disgusted me was the Millwall thing. Like, And now that teams seem to be taking that on the chin a little bit and, you know, like actually not taking the knee anymore. Is it just, like, is this players in general or is it players at Millwall um, that are now not taking the knee? No, it's, it's QPR, Middlesbrough and Wigan have done it in the last week now, have stopped doing it. Yeah. <sighs> Their, not to get too political, their claim is that BLM, Black Lives Matter, is a political organisation that is trying to defund the police and that kind of rhetoric, that, that that's the reason. And they don't 
not they agree with like remember kick it out and stuff like that like back in uh, like the 2000s and stuff they agree with that and they want to bring that back but the fact that they're kneeling and they think that's like a political statement basically it's like um essentially like remembering the olympics with the black power salute they think it's to that level now and mm. it's just I mean, in my eyes absolutely <laughs> Shout out to the two QPR players though, who, who took the knee after they scored a goal in front of the Millwall fans. Yeah, you love to see it, don't you? You yeah, love to see it. You love to see it, mate. Big time. Yeah, I mean, as a yeah. wider conversation, like something does need to be done. Like, but they've been saying that for so long, and I, I don't know what it is. Do you th- honestly think with time things will get better? Because at the moment, it's such a systematic. You can't fix it because it's so systematic in the fact that the, there's no there's no real, I think there's maybe a couple now, but there's not a lot of black board members. It's not a huge amount of black coaches or club owners or anything like that. With time, those things will improve as... as yeah, and as, society as, develops, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. I do think overall, like, there should be a more proactive effort now. But then... I just don't know what that is. <laughs> but then but then that, that's that's your issue. That's where the sticking point is on this whole situation where if you want to politicise it completely, it's where the right meets the left is the fact that when you say to someone, we think that there should be a quota of black or bay or whatever, Bain, black, Asian, minority, ethnic, like coaches, players, whatever, that's when they say, oh, well, wh- why should we, why should we have to miss out on that? Why should, a, wh- why should, if a white person's good enough to be uh, in that team, why should, or as that coach or whatever, why? And it's like, well, also for years upon years upon decades, they've been missing out because of their race. Yeah. But that's what um, I mean in that organically, those things will change over time. Like there will be more black owners and yeah. black chairman and black coaches and this or, or, or whatever ethnicity. Um, but at the moment, what you've yeah. got to think as well is the fact that players, black players like Les Ferdinand, former QPR player has come out and actively said that he would not support BLM and he doesn't believe that he does believe it is a political organization as a black player, former black player mm. for him to come out and say that. I think that's me. Like we said at the start, we're free white dudes. So we, we don't really have a horse in this race, do we properly? But at the same time, I think for him to come out and say that is, it's pretty mental. That It's very damaging to the cause for, Definitely. you know, for a, a, an ex-player, a black ex-player to come out and say something like that. It really is damaging. It's not good. No, it's like you say, there was kick it out of, what was it? Kick, kick racism out or whatever it was. Yeah, kick racism out or kick it out. I think it started as kick it out and then kick racism out. Yeah, so, and then yeah. there's this and then there's no room for racism. And I feel like every six or seven years it's just just have a rebrand and they just slap a new yeah, label a new on it slogan isn't it yeah <laughs> not so much blm but those slogans like i do agree with les fernand in that respect in that they are kind of like well, like you said earlier about united but it's papers over the cracks like mm. it just makes it look nice and everything's still fundamentally broken behind it the difference with blm was that people were actively making an effort to like change things and change people's behaviors and opinions. And obviously that is going to get politicized because one side of the spectrum doesn't agree with it. And that's all they've got on it. It's like that. Um, what was the guy called? Something John, the daily mail article, which we, which we, uh, Richard little John, Richard little John. Yeah. Uh, like writing that article, basically also sort of digging in on like the fact that players are now wearing rainbow armbands as the captain's armband to like promote LGBTQ and like trans rights and stuff like, and that's been it doing air quotes again, forced down people's throats. And it's like, 
know, it's just making people aware and just putting it out there. Why does it, why does it affect you? Why does it bother you that someone's being represented? You might be kicking off on social media, on Facebook, for example, when you look at um, people commenting on like the Premier League posts um, with the rainbow laces and they might have triggered people. It's like no one's forcing you to be gay, lads. Like you don't... Yeah. <sighs> I don't well, understand how people can get angry about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two things on Richard Little John, yeah? Let's never talk about the Daily Mail ever again on this podcast and or the Sun. And secondly, Richard Little John is a Spurs season's ticket holder. And he said he won't be renewing his season ticket after after Spurs have backed BLM. Richard, if you're listening, fuck off, mate. No one's gonna miss you. <laughs> Don't need you, mate. Don't need no. you, do you? No. Anyway, mate, I think that's a pretty powerful and good way to end this episode, mate. Yes. Uh, if you want, if you want to listen to us more, uh, for podcasts, Spotify. You want to give us a you well, you listen to us on Spotify currently, hop over to Apple Podcasts, give us a rating. You know, I always say this. Big shout out to my man DB currently yeah. doing work. Thank you, mate. <laughs> so thank you, mate. Multitasker, right, love guys. it. Yeah, I'm, I'm a good multitasker. We, we we've got a new thing, by the way. I haven't told you yet, Dan. People can now donate to the podcast. Oh, people, here people, we go. people can send us cash money, mate. But yeah, there's a there'll be a link in the description of every episode if you feel like you enjoy what we're doing and you want to drop us a couple of quid for a coffee or a beer or whatever please do. Um, Thanks for listening. Thanks very much, guys. Bye. So, bye-bye.